0: Before we start, SB Travel acknowledges the traditional owners on all the lands on which we visit and recognises their living culture and continuous connection to country. G'day road trippers and welcome to another round of Are We There Yet? podcast with me, Keith.
1: And me, Sarah. We are travelling around Australia in our van. When we get to places, we always have so much fun, but in between, like right now, we are...
0: BORED!
1: I mean seriously Keith, are we there yet?
0: You know what we COULD play to pass the time?
1: Ooh, are you suggesting what I think you're suggesting?
0: I certainly am! It's time to play the Are We There Yet? Quiz Show Extravaganza! The game show brought to you by the holiday boredom busters Espy Travel. Designed to fast forward the boring bits between here and amazing.
1: The rules are simple. We'll spin the giant wheel of awesomeness to decide the game category. The wheel has lots of strange and fun games to play, especially catered for families to play along. We will read out the questions.
0: And then you guys. Hey, talking to you. In the vehicle. Right now.
1: Yeah, no, Keith. Our friends might be listening to us at home or in the classroom or while playing Go Fish with the Tuna. Who's winning? Well, I've heard that the Tuna is an outrageous cheat. To be fair, it's hard for the tuner to hold cards they keep floating away.
0: Well, wherever you are, you can play along with us. We'll give everyone 10 seconds thinking music after each question. And then we will...
1: Tell you to go fish! Well, then we'll tell you the answers. Players can be super prepared by downloading a quiz sheet from sbytravel.com.au. Using a set of seashells would work quite well too. Just make sure the animals inside are no longer using them.
0: So, let's get ready to play! Are we there
1: yet? In the
0: Now, before we spin the wheel, remember one point per question that you get right.
1: That's right. It is one point per right answer. Or two points for the first person to call out, Go "Go fish!" Fish! when I beep our van's horn, which today sounds like this. Do you have a two?
0: Question. Is the table on land, like... Does the tuner have to jump out and slap the card on the table?
1: Yeah, but the person playing against the tuner is in a scuba suit. So they both need to jump out dolphin style and slap the cards down. It's much more fun that way.
0: That makes no sense. If he's wearing a scuba suit, why do they have to jump out?
1: Because that's just the rules. The table's floating. Where where else would you put the cards, Keith? How else would you do this?
0: My goodness. Now, kids, remember, you need to keep score for us in this game because, well... We're not in the car with you.
1: That's right, Keith. We are not in the car at all. War in your house. I'm not cleaning your fish tank. So we're relying on you kids to bear eyes and ears out there. But that's enough of this chitter-chatter. Let's spin the giant wheel of awesomeness.
0: I wonder what the first set of questions is going to be for the folks out there. Could it be on pets? Or will it be on books? Or maybe... The Fermi Paradox.
1: You know, that would actually be a really cool category.
0: And our first category is... Collective Nouns.
1: Ooh, these are fun.
0: A collective noun is the name for a group of something. So a group of students is called a class, for example.
1: Can I tell everyone a super weird one after each answer?
0: Sure. Collective Noun number one. What do you call a group of lions?
1: A group of lions is called a pride. I'm gonna reach my hand into this random bag of animals and whatever I pull out is the group name I'm gonna give. Let's see. Ew, ew! Slimy! Oh, what is that? Oh, it's a snail. Hey buddy! A group of snails is called a walk.
0: Did whoever named that try to come up with the exact opposite? type of explanation for what it is that it's
1: almost picking on them don't you think like it's quite a mean thing to call a bunch of snails Mm,
0: like, like sarcasm like calling a big giant tall person tiny
1: yeah exactly
0: collective noun number two what do you call a group of kangaroos
1: A group of kangaroos is called a mob. Now, let's see what else is in my back. Ow, ow! Oh, it's a porcupine. A group name for porcupines is a prickle. A prickle of porcupines.
0: Collective noun number three. Oh, what do you call a group of puppies?
1: Oh, I'd love a group of puppies. A group of puppies is called a litter. All right, reaching into my bag. Oh, oh, this is a big one. kids. can me a hand? Oh, goodness, it's a hippo. A group of hippopotamus is called a bloat.
0: That's a bit rude. How did that even fit in that bag? And where are we gonna put all of these?
1: That is a future Sarah problem. I think the hippo is happy to be out though.
0: Collective
1: noun. Do you have a six? GO,
0: Go fish. FISH! Two bonus points! Hey Sarah, what do you think a group of bonus points is called?
1: Maybe a dividend of bonus points?
0: Nice! Collective noun number four. What do you call a group of fish? Fish? Oh no!
1: Do you have a queen? No Go FISH! fish. Another dividend of two points for whoever called out Go Fish First. A group of fish is called a school. In this bag we still have... Oh, hey little dude, watch your wings. Is that a bat? Sure is. And a group of bats is called a cauldron. Spooky!
0: And for our last collective noun, what do we call a group of whales?
1: A group of whales is called a pod. One more animal in this bag. Oh, and a stingy! It's a stingy, stringy thingy, otherwise known as a jellyfish. And a group of jellyfish is called a smack. Hey Keith, can you please spin the wheel while I try to find a place for all these new animals? It's getting a little bit crowded here in the van.
0: And our next category is marine life. Oh no. I think the horn might get a bit of a workout here. Question number one. What is the largest fish in the world?
1: Now, remember everybody, whales are not fish. The largest fish in the whole world is the whale shark. Hey Keith, I'm learning lots about whale sharks while I'm building some great games for kids to play on the way to Ningaloo.
0: Question number two in our marine category. The blue whale is the largest animal in the world. What do they eat?
1: Giant blue whales. Eat teeny tiny krill. I probably also eat plankton. What do you reckon? No. No? They're different. Oh.
0: What is krill?
1: I don't know. Little shrimpy things, aren't they?
0: They're little crustacean y things. Like yeah. the closest thing I think people might know. They're kind of like sea monkeys, sort of.
1: Yeah. It's quite the weird diet for such a giant animal. It's amazing that an animal can get so big living off krill.
0: Did you know that during their feeding season, a blue whale eats up to three and a half tons of krill every day for about hundred and twenty days.
1: You know what's amazing about that? The fact that that's just one blue whale, right? Like, the, how many krill or how much krill is there available? That's a lot of. That's a lot of krill. That's a lot of life that these blue whales are just chomping on down.
0: Particularly given that an Antarctic krill can grow up to a maximum of six centimeters and only weighs a gram. That's like
1: that's billions. You know that famous joke that I really like, like when you're really hungry and you feel like eating 12, what is it, 2,000 of something and he's talking about rice? It's exactly like that. Blue whale's like exactly I feel like, like eating that. 2 billion bits of bits. I feel like eating 2 billion krill today.
0: That's exactly what it's like.
1: Question number three.
0: No horn yet. I'm feeling a little bit on edge reading all these questions. All right. Multiple choice question. Where, on a shrimp, will you find its heart? Is it A, in its head, B, in one of its legs, C, exactly in the dead middle of its body, or D, in its tail?
1: A shrimp's heart is located in its head. So the correct answer was A. Question
0: number four. I'm going to describe a fish and see if you guys can guess what kind of fish I'm describing. I'm a deep sea fish with a round body and a huge mouth surrounded by sharp teeth. My most famous feature is a rod-like structure that comes out of my head. At the end of this structure is my little own light, which I use to lure fish towards me so I can snap them up.
1: The fish Keith was describing was an anglerfish, a female anglerfish to be more specific. I am
0: so confused. Five questions, almost all about fish, and no horn.
1: Are you feeling okay? I have no idea what you are talking about. Question number 5,
0: what animal, named after a type of vegetable, is found on the sea floor and kind of looks like a giant slug, but with leathery skin?
1: Named after a vegetable you say? That is a good little hint. Keith was describing a sea cucumber. Do you think they actually taste like cucumbers? Somehow, I
0: doubt it. However, I'm pretty sure a cucumber is a fruit. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. It's got seeds inside.
1: Well, so it's a pumpkin.
0: Pumpkin's a fruit.
1: What? No. Pretty sure. Well, capsicum's got seeds inside it.
0: Capsicum is a fruit.
1: (laughs) Now I can't think of a vegetable. (laughs)
0: So v- vegetables are things that you don't but eat.
1: Pumpkin it. is not a fruit, surely not.
0: Pretty sure pumpkins are fruit. Anyway. So vegetables are uh, things like celery, carrots, cabbage.
1: Anyway, now is usually a time in our quiz show that I let parents know about the digital education platform that I'm building called Espy Travel. But not today. Today I have a small favour to ask of all of our wonderful listeners out there. We would love to get this fun game show out into the world. And to do that, we need you! If you could go to whichever app you are using to listen to this right now and just give us a rating, that would make me so happy.
0: Happy enough to beat the horn?
1: Okay. do you have an ace? Go fish! There you go. Two bonus points as a thank you for throwing us a quick rating. If any parents out there are socially inclined, a share of the podcast would be greatly appreciated too.
0: And now back to the show. And our next category is landforms.
1: Ooh, what does that mean?
0: Well, we are talking things that the earth makes on a big scale. Let's give it a go. And I promise kids will pick it up really quickly. Question number one. What do you call a piece of land that is surrounded by water?
1: A piece of land that is completely surrounded by water is called an island.
0: It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I guess all pieces of land are completely surrounded by water if you zoom out enough. Yeah. Question number two Close your eyes and imagine two mountains side by side. What do you call the low lying land that runs in the middle of these two mountains?
1: The low-lying land that runs between two mountains is called a valley.
0: Question number three. I'm going to throw a trickier question in here, but I'll make it a multiple choice. A peninsula is a piece of land that is partly surrounded by water. How many borders of that land need to be surrounded by water in order for it to be considered a peninsula? Is it A. Only one border needs to face water? B, two borders need to be surrounded by water. C, three borders. Or D, the whole piece of land needs to be surrounded by water.
1: A peninsula is a piece of land where three borders are surrounded by water. So the correct answer was C. Some peninsulas in Australia include Cape York up in Queensland, Wilson's Promontory in Victoria, fray Peninsula in Tasmania and Peron Peninsula in Western Australia. Peninsula is a really hard word to say a lot. Try saying it like five times really fast. Go, 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 Keith, go.
0: Peninsula, 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 <sighs> peninsula.
1: Okay, so I am the only one that struggles with the word peninsula.
0: So Wilson's Prom is actually an isthmus. What's the difference between an isthmus and a peninsula?
1: The spelling. I'm not wrong. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Prove me wrong, Keith. Question number four. Wait, you got to say what the difference is. You can't just leave people hanging. What's an isthmus?
0: An isthmus is a piece of land that's connected to a larger piece of land by a long, thin strip of land.
1: Oh, oh, I see. It's to, so an isthmus must be peninsula, but not all peninsulas are isthmus.
0: I think that's it.
1: Yeah. Cool.
0: Question number four. On a map, what feature would you see that might look like a blue squiggly line These lines usually start in the highlands and then snake their way all the way to the ocean.
1: Rivers look like blue squiggly lines on a map.
0: Last question. Is a sea the same thing as an ocean?
1: That's a really great question. I've actually never really thought about this. Is, this. is a sea the same as an ocean? So technically, a sea and an ocean are not the same thing. A sea is smaller than an ocean and usually a sea is partially surrounded by land. An example of a sea in Australia is the Timor Sea, which lies between Australia and the island of Timor up north. And an example of an ocean is the massive Indian Ocean off the coast of Western Australia. If you start kayaking out there, you won't hit land for a very, very long time. And that thought is kind of creeping me out a little. Can you add another category, please?
0: And our next category is yes. It's badly described objects.
1: Woohoo! Awesome! Can you explain to our newer listeners what this game is about, please?
0: Sure can. We are going to describe something. It could be something you find in your house, something you use every day, or even a piece of food. All you need to do is guess what I'm describing. There is, of course, a catch. The object will be described in the worst possible way.
1: So, for example, last time we played this, we described a door as a house mouth.
0: Now, that one makes me feel kind of funny.
1: A house mouth?
0: A house mouth.
1: (laughs) Close the house mouth behind you. Badly described object
0: number one. What is an angry hill?
1: Hill, I'm loving this throwback to the landforms, by the way. An angry hill is a terrible way to describe a volcano.
0: It's a mountain with a fiery temper.
1: Oh, that's a much better way, actually, because an angry hill is kind of like minimizing it.
0: Well, yeah, it could just be like a little hill that's just got a really bad attitude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like, like yours better, actually. A hill with a fiery temper.
0: Badly described object number two. Earth hair. <laughs> I actually forgotten about this.
1: Earth hair is describing grass badly.
0: Well, people cut it. And it's all furry on the face of the earth. Which is thinking it's also can be quite stubbly growing out of earth. I think that's a pretty accurate description, really. Badly described object number three. What is metal money?
1: Metal money is a far more fun way of describing coins.
0: Badly described object number four. What could possibly be a horse tornado?
1: A horse tornado is in a neigh tornado. That's a super tricky one. Horse tornado is describing a carousel or a merry-go-round. Although, if it was going that like if it was going as fast as a tornado, that wouldn't be very safe for kids. More fun, though, maybe.
0: Perhaps. The hooves of the horse go round and round.
1: No, that's. no.
0: Last badly described object: What are potato sticks? <laughs>
1: Potato sticks are some of my favourite food, hot chips. You know, Keith, this is probably one of my favourite categories on the whole wheel.
0: Maybe it will come up again if I give it a spin. We all know that the Wheel of Awesomeness loves you the most. That's true.
1: I've got sparkling cards right really well.
0: And the next category is... You're kidding.
1: Oh my goodness!
0: This is the ultimate proof <laughs> so that the wheel's favoritism and the next category is dinosaurs! dinosaurs! Buckle up, everybody. Question number one What dinosaur was thought to have a brain the size of a walnut?
1: Okay, so the correct answer to that question was the Stegosaurus. So for a really long time, everyone thought that the Stegosaurus had the brain a size of a walnut. It is incredible the amount of information we can get just from fossils. In the 1880s, a Stegosaurus skull was found which shows that their brain would have been tiny about the size of a walnut. But thanks to much better technology and more specimens to study, paleontologists can now see that a Stegosaurus's brain was the size and shape of a bent hot dog, which is still ridiculously small for the size of the animal, but really, really, really cool.
0: Question number two. What dinosaur was covered in heavy armoured plate and had a huge club tail?
1: The Ankylosaurus was a dinosaur that was covered in armoured plates and had a massive club at the end of its tail. Hey, Kate, did you know that I twisted my ankle yesterday?
0: You twisted your ankle? What does that have to do with...
1: Now my Ankylosaurus.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: That's so Next
0: question Question
1: number three This is the best category ever
0: Question number three Multiple choice question How long was the arms Of an adult Tyrannosaurus Rex Was a T-Rex's arms A. 2 metres long B. 6 metres long C. Just under a metre long Or D. 20 centimetres long
1: However long they were, I'd still like to ride it into the sunset. I don't think its arms would have anything to do with me riding into the sunset, but that's what I'm planning to do. A little saddle on the back of the dinosaur, riding it into the sun. I need to think of the name of this (music) T-Rex. A Tyrannosaurus's arms were around 90 centimetres to one metre long, so the correct option was C. The size of a T-Rex's arms has been a huge puzzle for paleontologists, especially when you consider just how huge this dinosaur was. These tiny little arms, though, seem to have packed a powerful punch, and a recent study suggests that a T-Rex's arms was at least three times more powerful than an adult human arm.
0: So, no arm wrestling T-Rex, got it.
1: We still have no idea what they use their arms for. I really love how much we still don't know. Paleontology is such an exciting field. Can I read the next question? As long as you are ready for more of dinosaur facts.
0: Question number four. True or false? Evidence suggests that all dinosaurs laid eggs...
1: This is true. All dinosaurs appear to have laid eggs. What's really interesting is the size of a dinosaur egg. The biggest eggs that we've found so far have only been around 60 centimetres long, so two school rulers. If you think, again, just how big these beasties were, these eggs were quite tiny in comparison. It makes me feel extra sorry for the Kiwi, actually.
0: Question number five. Out of the seven continents on Earth, How many continents have dinosaur fossils been found on?
1: Dinosaur fossils have been found in all seven continents on Earth. Back in the dinosaur days, Antarctica was a warm land with no snow, so there were no woolly mammoth-like dinosaurs hanging out with pre-stock penguins.
0: Hey, Sarah, I can see a few recommendations for the podcast coming through.
1: How good are our listeners? Oh, Awesome. Can we pull over so I can see, please?
0: Sure can. Let's put away the wheel of awesomeness and stretch our legs. Glad you and the car could join us today. Watch out for another episode of Are We There Yet? Quiz show extravaganza, coming out soon.
1: You know, you'll also be able to hear us chat about different Australian destinations in our fantastic platform, Espy. S-SPY will, of course, include major dinosaur and fossil sites all around Australia. How cool would it be to find your own fossils? Espy will be the best boredom-busting platform of all, building meaningful connections between kids and our wonderful Australian destinations, all in a fun, interactive way. Kids will learn how to recognise local birds and wildlife, learn the geographical and human history of the area, and find out all about what makes your holiday destination special. They'll even create their own scrapbook to show family and friends during the trip. Even if you're not heading off on holiday soon, give your kids a mindful digital experience and tour Australia from the comfort of your own home. Each destination module will also include two special podcasts which cannot be missed. Let your kids become the tour guides and get so much more out of your next family holiday with Spy Travel. Parents, find us at S by Travel. That's ESPYtravel.com.au and if you get a moment, please rate this podcast wherever you're listening to us and share an episode on your socials. We'd really appreciate it.
0: See you all next time. we oh, yeah.